Welcome back to the Metric Stack Podcast. We're joined today by Corey Haynes, co-founder at SwipeWell, founder of Swipe Files, and former head of growth at Bear Metrics. On today's episode, we're talking about lead velocity rate. I'm joined by co-host Alan Villa, and I'm Lauren Thibodeau. Welcome to the show, Corey. Yeah, thanks for having me. So Corey, before we get into it, and we're talking about lead velocity today, why don't we set the stage? What is it all about? Who should be looking at it? So give us a sort of a high-level intro. Definitely. Yeah, this is a metric that I learned from Jason Limkin, I believe. Uh, and it's sort of one of those things where we're, we're trying to figure out what is a leading indicator of growth and progress and um, sort of like, are we on track to hit a goal or an objective versus a lagging indicator, which is telling us, well, we've already hit it, you know, or we've, um, this is the thing that we want to see happen, but it's not really uh, a sense of helping us get to that goal. We're just sort of hoping and praying to see that number go up and to the right, right? And so a lead, a lead velocity rate really gets to what is the thing that happens right before we have a new influx of customers? What happens normally in marketing, it's very common. I experienced this firsthand when I was at Bear Metrics and at Cordial. I'd figured this out by the time I was at Bear Metrics, but it was still, uh, still difficult to actually go through it, was you're, you're trying to increase things like traffic and signups and sort of qualified leads, right? Um, but the, at the end of the day, what we really cared about was MRR monthly recurring revenue. What is the new revenue from customers? And it, it's it's frustrating watching that either you know hit your goal or not hit your goal and not really knowing why. Well, our traffic went up, but our revenue didn't go up with it. This went up, that didn't go up. And lead velocity rate is essentially the growth rate of your qualified product leads that you know directly translates into new customers at the end of the day. So you can't basically get down to you can't expect for your new customers month over month to grow or for your revenue to grow month over month if your leads aren't growing month over month at the same or sort of proportionate rate at the same time. So lead velocity is the growth rate of your qualified leads. Awesome. What a good description and love the leading indicator metric, right? Before <laughs> before you have to close the barn door and the horse is already gone. So who should be tracking this metric and who shouldn't? Um, I mean, really, I think that this is most... Uh, it's probably most applicable and useful for anyone in a subscription-based business because that's where you're sort of trying to compound. You're trying to build on top of your book of business already. And um, so there's some things like uh, in SaaS, and especially at my time at Bear Metrics, you learn that there's we have you know new new customer revenue, we have expansion revenue, we have contraction revenue, we have churned revenue, um, and so a lot of those things kind of cancel out at the end of the day. But especially when we're looking at something like new customer revenue, then lead velocity rate is especially important because really the only thing we have to go off of is the leads that are going to translate to those new customers. And then we'll treat everything else as a as a problem in and of itself, right? But uh, I guess I suppose you could think of it for maybe like a service-based business or a non-subscription, but it's really most applicable for subscription-based businesses because uh, we're trying to have a lot of growth, right? When you're in a startup, you're trying to grow sometimes 5 to 10% month over month, where you might be trying to double or triple or quadruple year over year. And so that lead velocity rate is supposed to lead you up to, it's supposed to be like a staircase up to you hitting that growth rate. And if you're not, then you know exactly why you didn't and what happened, right? If you see your revenue kind of stall and plateau, which pretty much every business does at some point, you can basically always go back to a lead velocity rate and see, oh yeah, actually our, you know, we're still 
we also have the same number of leads that we did three months ago. So no wonder we're still converting the same amount and roughly have the same amount of revenue and, and we're not growing as quickly, right? Or, or maybe you've, you're not growing at all anymore. But in general, like, of course, the marketing leader, right? But I think everyone should be really looking at lead velocity, right? Like this is a number that should be kind of a North Star metric in front of everyone as one of the main KPIs we're, we're all measured against as a marketer. So it's interesting that you mentioned Jason Lemkin. I think, was it at Saster that you first heard this concept or this term raised, lead velocity? Mm. No, it was a, a Quora post. You know, he's super oh. prolific in Quora and when Quora was in his heyday a few years ago, uh, I just read about it then. He probably first talked about it at Saster, you know, or mentioned it in a talk or something that he was developing. I think I was probably sitting in the audience when I probably heard it first. And it, it, I mean, you're absolutely right. It makes so much sense, right? You're not talking about leads. You're talking about the delta or the growth rate of those leads. So why don't we, why don't we break it down a little bit? How do you calculate it? So everybody's familiar with number of leads and, and maybe be specific. Is it any kind of lead? Is it a specific kind of lead? And then what is that calculation that, uh, that we're looking at? Yeah, I think you have to qualify it in some way. Um, personally, I think a lot of the debate between like product qualified versus marketing qualified versus sales qualified versus whatever else we come up with in the next couple of years is sort of just semantics. Like what we're really trying to get at is, is this person a good fit? So let's just call it a qualified lead. Whatever the precursor is, it's just a qualified lead. Yeah. Because what, what happens too in, um, in a lot of SaaS businesses in particular is that you have multiple steps up to revenue. So you might have a sign up, but then that sign up has to go and activate their account, confirm their email, or uh, integrate something, plug something in, um, set something up, embed a piece of code, right? So there's no reason in really qual qualifying that sign up as a lead until they take that first step. But possibly even if they take that first step, there's something else like they need to go and um, actually start using the product in some way, or they need to activate in trial, or they need to. Uh, invite their first three team members, for example. So I think that's going to depend on your business and your product. And there isn't like one way to qualify a lead, but you have to qualify a lead some way. And then once you have that definition, don't change the definition and don't try to, um, you know, you can kind of split it out in multiple ways if you want to, but like a qualified lead should be the North Star for what you're uh, tracking in your lead velocity rate, not just signups. Um, you could also track just like raw number of signups in general, but from my experience, that can be kind of flawed because you might have an influx of, uh, you know, spam signups or just really unqualified traffic that happens to be interested. Um, you might go viral on TikTok and all of a sudden you have a bunch of people signing up who have no business in your product, but now it looks like things are up and to the right. But again, if you're really, really looking at the qualified leads, that's more the, the thing that you're actually looking for. So. Yeah, let's just call it a qualified lead. And um, that's the best place to measure. I, I think that's good advice because you're absolutely right. Like unqualified leads can be influenced by all sorts of things that have very little to do with MRR or at the end of the day, what you're trying to get out. But looking at some sort of a, a, a consistent measure and then tracking that over time and then looking at that growth rate on a monthly basis, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, I'll give you a tangible example really quick. Um, my, my sort of SaaS side project is an app called SwipeWell and obviously build a swipe file in a really easy way. One of the big things we do is we provide a, a Chrome extension. And so a lot of people now are actually finding us first through the Chrome extension rather than through our main website and landing page. 
And so this is exactly kind of illustrates the problem here because, you know, one day uh, Neil Patel mentioned building a swipe file and then a bunch of people started Googling something like swipe file, you know, builder or swipe file software and installing a Chrome extension. And it was like, you know, we're getting thousands and thousands of installs and downloads. We're like, whoa, here we go. This is it. We're finally going viral and we're getting some, some traction and product market fit. And barely any of them even uh, did anything with a Chrome extension. You know, like they would install it and then nothing, just crickets. It's so disappointing. I mean, I've, I've been there. I've been there. So, And so what we had to do was qualify the lead and say, okay, we're not really going to count someone as a lead until they've installed the Chrome extension. And then they've actually gone through and made their first swipe is what we call it. They've, they've saved something, they've screenshotted something, they've uploaded something, they've forwarded an email in there. Then once they've done that, we know they've gone into the account, they've done something, and they at least get the concept of building a swipe file because there'd be people coming in and signing up and they'd be like, oh, what is this? Does this help me with recipes? I'm like, no, no, no. Mm. I mean, I guess maybe, but like, you're not going to pay for a tool, you know, to help you manage your recipes. Um, And so again, like you have to really qualify the lead and it depends on the business, right? For us, it was really about like the actions that they're taking and the number of swipes for a tool like Slack, it might be the number of team members invited to your workspace. For a tool like uh, Trello, it might be the number of cards that you create, um, or or it might also be the number of people that you invite. But again, you have to really figure out what that is for your app. It's not going to be a you know fit all size of. Um, also, you can't really qualify it just based off of what you know about the person. Um, you know, is it a Gmail or is it a official kind of domain email? That can matter, but at the end, of the, it also depends a lot. You can also do things like you can enrich the lead with things like Clearbit or Bombora or other things like that. Yeah, sure, they might look like they're the right business, but do they have the right intent behind their sign up? Is really what you're looking for, and so you have to look for the actual actions and things they're doing within your app to help you qualify, not just the external factors about what you know about them. We we were chatting with uh, Wes Bush uh, last week from Product Led. And he actually had a really, it just is just, just an aside on making sure that you've got that right metric. He had a very simple definition. He said, once you've got whatever you call it, MQL, PQL activated, the con- conversion rate between that qualified lead and a win should remain fairly consistent. Like it's predictable. So whatever the definition is, that next step between that qualification and a win, that should be relatively consistent. So it was super cool, super cool little discussion on how to make sure that you've got the right starting metric there. I'd love to pick up there and just ask if you could talk us through, Corey, how do you go about setting a target for lead conversion velocity and just so that that will translate into the MRR, ARR growth that you're looking for? Yeah, th- this one's tough because we get into a lot of like logarithmic math, especially when we're talking about like month over month growth. And um, instead of me trying to do a bunch of napkin math, I'm going to just speak in generalities a little bit. Um, But we're just doing basic math and trying to reverse engineer the end goal. And so, for example, if you want to hit, let's just say we want to add, you know, $1 million in error, whatever it is, right? Um, What is the average revenue per customer? Okay, now we get a number of customers we need uh, to add on to our existing book of business. And you know, we could account for things like churn and expansion, but for the sake of making things easier, probably not, right? And just what is marketing responsible for, especially? Um, so we have the number of customers. Okay, now how many leads do we need to create in order to generate that number of customers? 
Well, we really just need to know your kind of conversion rate from qualified lead to customer to get the number of leads. And then it's a matter of um, how quickly do we think that we can ramp up to uh, the number of leads to convert the number of customers we need by the end of the year to hit our growth number, right? That's where things get really tricky because I think a lot of times when we are sort of forecasting and trying to plan out the year, we kind of just jump straight to the goal. We're <laughs> like, mm. all right, we're going to add $1 million in ARR and we're going to start adding 100 customers a month for the next 12 customers. But you've only been adding 10 for the last 12 months. So how are you going to jump to 100 right away, right? This is where tools like, um, I don't know if you guys have heard of a tool called Summit. It's usummit.com. Um, it's like a sort of low-code, no-code calculator of sorts. Um, we created one, actually. Uh, it's, it's a traffic-to-growth calculator. And we account for things like performance decay, which is essentially, over time, your conversion rates can get worse as you do better in marketing. If, it feels counterintuitive, but for example, you know, you're growing traffic, you double your traffic, but your conversion rate drops by 20%, for example. And so now that that traffic isn't being utilized or it isn't being capitalized on at the same rate. So you have to account for a little bit more traffic in order to hit the, the same number that you wanted to previously. Same exact thing with, okay, we need to add this many customers throughout the year. Well, it might not be 10 customers per month for the next 12 months. It might be 10 customers and then 12 customers, 15, 20, 100 you know, and you sort of like ramp up even way past what you thought you needed to in order to hit the goal by the end of the year, because in the maybe in the front half you were underperforming. So in the back half, you need to overperform essentially, right? And this is stuff that we should not have to do in an Excel spreadsheet or on the on the back of a napkin. Um, that's why tools like Summit or work really well or any other kind of forecasting tool you can use to extrapolate. All right, here's what it actually looks like to grow month over month rather than just jumping straight to uh, we're hitting our goal. <laughs> we're we're producing the more traffic that we need. Um, it's all just reverse engineering the math, right? What's the goal? What do we know about our conversion rates? And then how can we back into that in a reasonable way? So there's some really important advice and 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 insight there. So I think you're absolutely right. There's there's math that you can understand via just a straight line funnel, but that doesn't necessarily stay the same as you scale. Um, and of course, there's there's other things as well, like what is your roadmap going to do? Is the conversion rate going to be improved because you've got some sort of a feature that is going out? Um, it was interesting to see that you said usually the funnel is more efficient at the early days. And certainly we noticed that as well. When the founding team is involved in almost every customer win, that doesn't scale. The founder speaks with passion. And of course, you know, the customer is going to come flocking and you've got customers for life. But eventually that's not going to be scalable and you know the whole funnel starts acting differently right i mean the more we we've we've seen this time and time again the more we pour in the top the less efficient the funnel gets right the less you can really target that niche so i think all of those things are super important have you have you found that there's usually some sort of a relationship like you need to grow your your lead velocity by twice as much as you can grow your your MRR over over time, or are there are there rules of thumb that you can you can sort of speak to the audience with? Oh man, yeah, rules of thumb are maybe going to be a little bit difficult. I might find one sort of as I talk, but going back really quickly to that sort of decay as well, one more time, just to give a little anecdote. I remember being at Bare Metrics and figuring this out for the first time because I felt like we were doing great on all 
accounts. We were going traffic, we were going number of trials, but the MRR just was not moving. And this is, again, why it's so important to qualify the lead because I was looking at our traffic and I'm like, dang, we've, we've doubled traffic in the last six months. Our number of trials have tripled in the last six months, but our trial to conversion rate has just plummeted from like 12% down to like 4%. And we're still getting the same number of customers. Again, not qualified leads. What did you learn? We're all on the edge of our seats. What did you learn? Like what was yeah. the root cause of that? Well, it was just un- it's so not alone here, right? Yeah. yeah, it's just unqualified traffic. It's just traffic that was not converting well. Actually, one of the things that we found was that there was a huge discrepancy in um, a trial started versus a qualified lead. So what would happen with Bear Metrics, for example, was you sign up, you sort of start your trial by, by inputting some basic information, no credit card required. But then what we need is we need you to plug in something like Stripe, import all of your data, and then we can produce your metrics for you. And there was a ginormous drop-off from sign-up to integrating Stripe. And that for us was the big qualifier of, you know, if you can integrate Stripe and we can see that you are a subscription-based business, then we know that you're a qualified lead. And there was just all these people who were coming in who were um, not subscription, who uh, didn't even have any revenue, who uh, didn't use Stripe and use something else, use another payment processor. So actually one of the big kind of breakthroughs was realizing like, oh, we need to go integrate with more payment processors and subscription management platforms. Two, we need to be more clear about what to expect and when you should sign up for Bear Metrics, and that it's only for subscription-based businesses because we had a lot of non-subscription marketplaces and service-based businesses. And, um, and we also learned there's a, a decent amount of people who are uh, not on a sort of subscription management platform, but we're doing everything through like invoices essentially, right? They basically were doing it all through um, QuickBooks or uh, Bill.com or things like that. And so we needed to create a way for them to manually input something because it was a subscription. It just wasn't uh, a programmatic subscription, if that makes sense. And so then the number of qualified leads dramatically increased. And even though our traffic remained the same, then that's when we really started seeing a lot more growth because we could really capitalize on the traffic we were making in the signups and unqualify the the leads that were not a good fit, but really focus and pay attention to the leads that were a good fit, but just weren't making it through to that qualification phase where then we can actually turn them into a customer. Is there a parallel, do you think, Corey, after you land, you have an initial customer and you're looking at expansion revenue? I mean, is there some lead velocity around upsell, expansion, anything in your experience there? Yeah, I mean, we, you can really start to get fancy with it if you want to talk about um, like the product like growth, self serve tier, uh, upgrade to like a more enterprise tier, and you can really even measure like the lead velocity rate of uh, of upgrades if you really wanted to. Um, now you have to really understand the the triggers and the paywalls and essentially the thresholds that customers will hit in order to be upgraded or have the potential to be upgraded into the next tier. But yeah, that's absolutely like another version of this where you're looking at how many customers are reaching sort of the end of their allotted tier and plan whatever, whatever they're in and then not upgrading, right? Uh, or how many of them are upgrading? Uh, are we are we putting people through the plan and the usage allotted quickly enough? And are, 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 is there an ever-increasing amount of those people hitting the threshold in order for us to hit our expansion revenue targets, for example. So yeah, that's definitely a very valid use case as well. 
Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of next level maturity. Once you've scaled your SMB business, and I'm, I'm talking SMB because usually that's where you get to scale and you see expansion revenue almost surpassing new revenue, right? So once, you've, once you're there, you need to put processes in place. And this is one of these processes where you can measure the efficiency of that. So Corey, what, what would you say, what would you say, what are the other metrics or what pairs well with this? What are the other metrics that you're looking at to make sure that you've got this one in check? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the, really the big one is going to be the visitor to lead conversion rate. As I mentioned before, a little bit with you know, bare metrics, there's been plenty of other ways, uh, even like one of my last kind of consulting gigs of recent has been working with SavvyCal, which is a Calendly competitor. Um, so we're looking at it in two ways. One, just from like the site, but also the more like product-led growth viral loop of someone sending their scheduling link to someone else, that person booking a meeting and then signing up for a SavvyCal as a result of using SavvyCal, right? And so on those two fronts, we're really looking for how efficiently are we converting raw traffic of people interested in SavvyCal and people, those people sending it out to other people and creating that kind of viral loop and the viral coefficient in, in a sense. And what we found also, again, not surprisingly, is that the viral loop sort of peters out at certain phases or you know, we're not getting like exponentially uh, more traffic as we get more customers, which means that people are using SavvyCal in varying different degrees. They're using it internally, so they're not sending out to a lot of new people, um, or uh, they're just not booking as many meetings. We have some users who are power users, right? So it looks like, oh man, this person's booking 10 meetings a week. That's 10 new people that we can reach. How good are we at converting those people into being becoming a free user, for example? Um, and then of those people, how many are qualified? And then do we get uh, uh, the right number to hit our lead velocity rate? But for sure, like visitor, visitor to lead, visitor to trial, visitor to sign up, right? However you want to qualify, whatever that kind of drop-off is, is absolutely essential. And I don't know if a lot of marketers have a really good sense of that, to be honest, because a lot of the kind of website analytics tools these days are a little bit broken. Yeah. Um, and it's not really our fault either, but like GDPR, we have um, iOS changes, uh, just lots of like cookies are maybe going away, maybe they're not ad blockers, um, a lot of obscurities. Uh, it's get, it's getting really, really difficult to just measure attribution at all, let alone just have like a really good, solid understanding of your funnel, especially going from visitor to trial. Um, I, I know I can speak for SaaS companies in particular. There's a really difficult technical challenge of how do you know someone was a visitor on your site anonymously and they became a user in your app when it's on a subdomain like app dot yourappname.com. So you go from, you know, savvycal.com, or actually this is a bad example because we have it all in the root domain, but you go from bearmetrics.com to app.bearmetrics.com to the signup flow. And we need to sort of make a bridge to connect that data flow from one to the other. And it's not always super clear. And a lot of um, analytics tools don't make that connection super well. Attribution is getting worse, not, not better. I mean, this is where we're using tools like Mixpanel. And we're sort of bridging, you know, if, if something happened on the website, this is what's going to continue on the subdomain. This is what's happening inside of app. Um, it, but it's, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work and a lot of sort of testing things out and making sure that those flows actually produce accurate results. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, definitely. 100%. So in this world where it's getting harder for marketers, we're swimming in a cloudy lake, if you will. How do we see 
the path forward. Any last words of advice on lead velocity rate, Corey? Yeah, I think the big thing is um, to not over-engineer it, to be honest. Like, I think some people are surprised, especially when I was at Bear Metrics, and like, oh, you're the, the the metrics guy, you're the numbers guy. And you don't, you know, I'm like, yeah, I check our website analytics like once a month. And, you know, I have like a dashboard that I look at, and I'll kind of check in to see how things are going. But like, largely, there should not be a lot of surprises. And I don't want to be surprised. Like, if I'm surprised a lot, then like, I'm doing something wrong because things are changing so rapidly. Um so don't over don't over engineer it. Make it simple. Like put some time in in the beginning to just establish, you know, what is a qualified lead, what is our visitor to uh, to lead rate look like, what are those different thresholds, milestones, actions that users take that are important and notable that we need to keep track of in order to see that we're that there something isn't broken first of all, but that too we're doing a good job or as good of a job as as we can, um, and then just focus on more top of funnel stuff. Focus on more input. Um, grow, you know, get that lead velocity rate up. You don't want to just keep seeing the same number of leads covering the same number of customers. That's fine. You know, it's very, again, linear growth. But if you're a startup, like you have a, a race, you need to get on it. It's all about growth. It's all about that month over month growth. And so set the numbers, get that sorted out and then get to work and don't fiddle with the numbers again. Just let it all play out. Corey, this has truly been amazing, really diving deep and understanding the quality of your leads before calculating lead velocity so that you can really understand the growth of your business. Everybody, Corey Haynes, co-founder of SwipeWell. Thanks again. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Appreciate it. If you enjoyed today's conversation about metrics and data, be sure to check out Metric HQ, our online resource for the metrics that matter most to you and your business.